0: Today on The Breakdown, when you look out upon the constellation of poker players among the stars, some of them shine just a little bit brighter than others, Grant. (laughs) And tonight, or today, depending on when you're listening to this, two of the biggest luminaries of them all go heads up in a 50K super high roller event at the PCA that just took place. It's Steve O'Dwyer against Byron Caverman, and we're going to take it apart right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy.
1: You know, I'm okay with you using luminaries there. The thing is, I just don't want you to overuse it. If that had been the only time you used it, that would be fine. But these guys, because these guys are great. They're really good.
0: I mean, don't I always use it with with big name guys? I I mean, sometimes
1: it's like, "Eh, it's close. I (laughs) mean, last time on the podcast, we had Fatima DeMelo. That was a while ago now, I guess. Fatima DeMelo and Dominic Penka, and you called them very famous people.
0: (laughs) Fatima DeMelo is a very famous person in certain circles, for sure.
1: That's just not something I would think of when I think (laughs) of very famous people.
0: (laughs) Who's a very famous person? Is that like Jude Law?
1: Yeah. Like, I don't know yeah. if Phil Hellmuth or Daniel Legrano even counts as a very famous person. No.
0: I mean, obviously, we're talking about it among the poker community yeah. and maybe within the subset of field hockey players the <laughs> poker community for time of Fatima right? these days.
1: Yeah. But O'Dwyer and Caverman are both super legit. They both play a bunch of high rollers and super high rollers because they're very good.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, Steve O'Dwyer, it seems like he always wins every high roller he plays.
1: Give or take, he I actually mean,
0: with this uh, with this event, and because obviously finishes in the top two, we know this. He uh, he moved into tenth place all time on the money list, passing Sam Trickett, who wow. finished
1: second in the one drop for like. Ten million dollars. Yeah, that really inflates the uh, the money that you earned. Yeah,
0: like Cause. what? Al- I mean, Trickett's really good, but comparatively, what else has he done? I mean, if you're looking at like Steve O'Dwyer, like Steve right. O'Dwyer's won a bunch of these smaller events, which is I would say much harder to do, right? Oh, I
1: mean, I'm I'm almost certain Steve O'Dwyer is a better player than Steve yeah. Trickett.
0: Yeah, I mean, Steve O'Dwyer probably was bluffing if he was if he, uh, when I'm sorry, he was betting for value if he had the queen eight.
1: You know? Right. Exactly.
0: So <laughs> Trickett would be bluffing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a very inside joke. It for, is. It's
0: like from two years ago yeah. now, and I didn't even tell it right. So sorry, world. Yep. We're not cutting it out though. I'll tell you that
1: we don't cut anything out. Pretty much never. I mean, there's times. Sometimes you have to stop. Usually, and say, Jonathan says something that just can't be put in into the airwaves. That is
0: correct. That is have correct. To stop. The crazy thing is, last episode of the podcast that we did at least that we recorded. Uh, we got into some gender identity stuff and some sexuality stuff a little bit in terms of, you know, things like well, sometimes we might have stopped it in previous days, yeah. but now we just think it's funny and we rolled with it. I think
1: it was probably okay. I guess the world will tell us. I mean, we're going to find wasn't.
0: out. I'm, I worry about, there's a few people I worry about getting tweets from, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. We're just going to see. I'm not going to name them. Because that'll alert them. (laughs) We can't alert them.
1: We can't alert them. We we don't want to alert them. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So (laughs) this hand was suggested on Twitter, as all hands that we do are by Nacko Ball, which is a sweet name.
0: I mean, what does that guy do for a living?
1: He probably plays basketball. No,
0: that's ridiculous. Okay. Speed skater by day, construction worker by night crime fighter in the wee hours of the morning <laughs>
1: <laughs> when all of the crime is happening yeah
0: by the way always goes by not ball the whole time it isn't like he's yeah. got a secret identity no doesn't have time to have a secret identity no, no
1: he's got three jobs yeah that's way too many jobs yeah.
0: and of course the, the vigilante thing is more like you know pro bono obviously no one pays you to be a vigilante he does it because
1: it's his childhood dream
0: i mean also he cares about people you know mm-hmm. he's got to protect the streets he doesn't like the way the criminals are lowering are the like tone. they're like
1: six-year-old kids who see him running by at 4.30 in the morning, and they're like, there goes <laughs> Yeah, they,
0: I mean, the kids are awake because they want to see some f- crime get fought. Yes, you know?
1: <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> so let's have a fight here between Byron Caverman and Steve O'Dwyer. Okay. Captain Caverman.
0: Captain Caverman, as Harrigan used to say.
1: Who's oh it was hard again oh yeah yeah that's a pretty good nickname
0: it was great yeah he really got into it and that's what made it
1: work yeah it really did all right so we are heads up for this 50k super high roller at the uh, 2018 PCA and the blinds are 25 and 50k the payouts are 532 thousand dollars for second and 770 thousand for first
0: and there is no deal to be clear like they they didn't even discuss the deal these are two high roller veterans they're just playing straight out for the quarter million.
1: All right. Yeah. So, what do you think are a couple notable attributes of each of these players? I just want to interesting.
0: Um, I would say uh, Caverman's one of his most notable attributes is his ridiculous amount of time he takes on every single decision.
1: Right. People complain about that a lot. He's one of the major reasons that a lot of the high roller stuff is implementing shot clocks. I think.
0: Yes, he is one of the big reasons for sure. Because
1: he takes like ten minutes on the turn and then twelve minutes on the river. Yeah. You know, it's like crazy.
0: And like you know, it checks to him. And he, like, thinks for two and a half minutes and then checks back in a spot where, well, if you could see his cards, of course, he's checking. Right? It's like, he gets to the points where he feels like, well, the balance now I have to take the same amount of time. Like, even right. Yevgeny Tymoshenko Timoshenko do that, right? And it's like,
1: yeah. you don't have to do that, guys. It's okay.
0: Yeah, Everyone preferred if you didn't do that. Yeah.
1: Right. Anything, anything about Steve O'Dwyer?
0: The only thing I can think of, I don't have a lot, um, is that he seems to have all the gears So, like, a lot of players don't have all the gears. They've got the hero call gear. They've got the crazy aggressive bluff gear. They've got a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Seems like he's got a really strongly balanced game. I'm thinking about he won another of these super high rollers like a year ago where he called with, like, bottom pair on the river after the old guy went, like, bet, bet, shove. I think it was ace high. Was it even ace high? Yeah, ace 10,
1: and the guy had jack 10, which was, like, the obvious draw.
0: And, like, Steve O'Doye just called them and won. Yeah. He's willing to do that. I've seen him do it correctly and incorrectly, but I've seen him do it. He obviously has a lot of bluff. He's got a bluffy game as well. He seems to adjust well. He just, I don't know if he has any obvious holes in this game.
1: Yeah, he's very good.
0: Both of them, this is probably true. If anything, Caverman might, and I'm just basing on a few hands I can think of, might uh, overthink things a little bit, which wouldn't be shocking. Right. Based on, you know, that he thinks, I mean, that guy overthinks like, you know, should I stand or sit when he's on the toilet, bro?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Both of them, to me, give me the vibe of, like, in in a different way, but they both give me the vibe of, if I were to spend time with them for an hour, I'd be like, God, that guy is so much smarter than me.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: I just get that vibe from those people. I know
0: Caverman for a while, was, like, the number one GPI player in the world. Yeah. I don't know if Steve O'Dwyer ever has been, but it wouldn't surprise me if he was, either in the past or in the future, either one of these guys. I can't say that, but almost, there's very few people I would say... You know, next year, in 2019, this guy could be the number one GPI player in the right. world. There's like seven guys I might come up with if I was doing a short list. The, both these guys are on the list.
1: Yeah. So that's cool to have these guys heads up. Yes. For for a bunch of money, almost a quarter million dollars. I'll say this. When we were watching the hand, we got to the river
0: and I said, no matter what this guy does, because one guy has a decision on the river, whatever he does, this is a hand, like we're going to do this hand because it's interesting. Whatever his decision, it's interesting because this hand's been so interesting already. Right. Because these guys are just doing different stuff.
1: Yeah. It's cool.
0: All right. Shall
1: we? All right. Even though a lot of the actions may appear straightforward, there's a lot behind them. I can
0: think of at least one that clearly is not straightforward. Okay. Off the top of my head. And that's it. But there's a lot behind them, like you said. They they they're playing. They play each other so much. There's all these levels and you know history and all that kind of stuff, which plays into it a little bit, too. It's
1: cool. All right. Let's get to it. All right. Okay. So Dwyer's on the button. He's got the chip lead. He's got 3 million, uh, 25K, 50K, so he's got 60 bigs. He opened 6-5 of hearts to 125K. That's fine. Yeah. Caverman uh, in the big blind has 1.6 million, so over just over 30 bigs. Um, and he's got Queen Jack offsuit, decides to call. I don't see anything wrong with anything so far.
0: Of course not. A lot of the kids these days just shove Queen Jack in their 32 blinds, but not me. I hate that. Me too. But when I say the kids, I mean even like the good players do that now, but I don't, I'm not there. And I'm not really interested in getting there.
1: 32 blinds. I mean, that seems insane.
0: Brian Rast started doing that in the original one drop where he had like someone would open like two or two and a half and he'd like shove 33 blinds with two nines and stuff like that, like all in. And, uh, I mean, I guess it sort of worked out for him. He just, I mean, he played it fine. And like, I mean, he played other things fine. And now like a lot of players are doing this. Like I we see it more and more. And I think it's a mistake. I think you're like killing your like post flop abilities and, you know i can i guess i can get it a little bit if you have very particular hands and like and your position is weird and stuff like that is one thing but
1: 32
0: blinds I know, that's why. so
1: that's so much but but they do it maybe i could justify it if they were doing the world series last year i could justify it perhaps if the field was like if you're like i am out of the 100 players in this field if if number 100 is the best player i'm number 1 like i'm the worst player in this field for sure like, yeah, then then I can justify. Oh, of course. It. Yeah, even if
0: you're like number five, you yeah. can at least start to justify. You know, the fit in the bottom five percent. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but these guys are all really good. You know, this was even happening. I'm thinking about the super high roller bowl, the most recent one, where um, it was. Uh, who's the guy who ended up winning it? Jake Schindler, right? No. No. Jake Schindler came in second. Yeah. That's what was. Christoph Vogel sang Right. So when they were something like eight-handed, I think they were already in the money even. It folded to Jason Kuhn. He shoved like from the small blind, like 24 blinds, 25 blinds, maybe even 30, some huge amount of blinds just open shoved it. And Schindler tank folded ace 10. And Schindler had a lot of chips. And I thought that was absurd to fold that. Um, but well, it, it was a 30-blind shove. Well. But what is shoving 30 blinds? Is he just, you're telling me he doesn't have a bifurcated range there? He's shoving aces for 30 blinds? I do not believe that. Right. Because you get so many folds. You just, you can never get a marginal call. No one's shoving aces there. So it just seemed crazy to me. I don't think you're shoving ace king. I don't think you're shoving ace queen. I don't think you're shoving jacks. I don't think you're shoving tens. Like there's very little to be really concerned about.
1: Well, perhaps it has to do with the math of the situation, the GTO of it. Because wasn't it like, 10 years ago now or something, Sklansky like proved mathematically that you could shove up to 42 blinds with Ace-8 off profitably using some sort of math.
0: Oh, it's way better than that. Yeah. You can shove like 42 blinds with Ace-8 off from the small blind and turn your hand over profitably. Wow. You can show the guy what you have. And so maybe there's profitable.
1: some element of that with all the GTO.
0: Yeah, I guess if you feel like everyone is so good. Yeah. I guess if you're Jason Coon, you feel like everyone else is so good. Like I'm really good, but everyone is really, really good at this point. I'm just going to move in and like whatever
1: because it's slightly profitable, but yeah. that doesn't count ICM or anything like that. I assume
0: it does not. Yeah, it does not. I mean, Jason could had ace three. I mean, he got to win a pot where if he played it differently. He might've been all in pre and often is in trouble. True. So I don't know. Anyway, I just thought, I just think it's weird that this, this is what's happening. But again, yeah, last year as uh, in the world series main event. We saw people shoving 30 blinds, like, like three bet shoving 30 blinds. That kind of stuff was just happening. Sure. I don't like it. I don't like it either. I think I think it's a huge mistake, and especially if you're talking about like in the World Series where it isn't one of these high roller situations where there are absolutely soft spots. If oh, you're yeah. a pro, John
1: Hesp is still there.
0: Exactly. Like if you're a pro, you should not, be, or just really good, even you absolutely should not be doing this. If John Hesp is at the table, like right. let John Hesp give away his chips. It's oh, it's going to happen, or he's going to just make some crazy ICM mistake one way or another. You know, and he will, you know, either take himself out or take someone else out when he shouldn't have. Like those things will happen. Like, just sit back and let it happen, man. Yeah. Anyway. But, you know, we've seen um, Dan Coleman do stuff like this, for sure. Yeah. Even bigger. We saw him four-bet shove, like, 100 blinds against Sor- Sorrel Mitzi. That ones.
1: seems like it can't be right. Right. right? I agree. Yeah. I don't but know. Dan Coleman,
0: like, that guy knows more about poker than we may ever know.
1: Yeah, for sure. So
0: it's sort of, so we think it's wrong, and yet a master's doing it. It's It's a weird spot.
1: It doesn't mean he's right about everything.
0: It doesn't, but it does mean, like, maybe we should be a little bit more open to, like, if all these really good players are doing it. Maybe we should at least be open to exploring it. Not to say we haven't talked about it. We have. I cannot have get there. We have definitely
1: explored it. And I don't know if I would say all of these really good players are doing it. It might be in a bit of, a bit okay. of an availability heuristic. Like, we really notice it when it happens.
0: That's a fair point. Like, yeah. I haven't seen Federer Holtz do it, right. for example. So if Federer's not doing it, I'm not doing I haven't, it.
1: Like, pre-retirement, I didn't see Vanessa helps doing that. You no, know? that's I correct. See Phil Galfond doing that.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. That's true with all of those players. Yeah. Ike Haxton, like, open shove like 22 blinds with Queen 10 under the gun, and that's high roller. I still
1: kind of think that he didn't know how many chips he had. I like that's my best explanation.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: All right. Anyway, Caverman appears to agree with us. Yes. Decides not not to shove.
0: Thirty-two. I like this play. with Queen Jack. I think it's better not to do that.
1: So he just calls, which is what I think would be the best play
0: with these stack sizes. If you're not going to shove or if you're not going to commit yourself, you yeah. should just call probably. Yeah, because you don't want to get four-bet shove. And this on hand to plays fold.
1: fine post-flop. Might as well see absolutely. A flop. Yeah. This
0: this is basically how Jesse Sylvie got knocked out against Greg Merson at the 2012 main event. Is oh yeah, he three-bet, he three-bet and then got four-bet and he called the four-bet shove with Queen Jack off and merson was bluffing with king three off and one i think with king high <laughs> won the main event so How he was value he was value betting right anyway anyway that was a long deep dive into pre-flop shoving
1: well that's, that's what we do i guess sometimes we do it anyway if you want to uh hone your pre-flop shoving skills i got a place for you
0: is it the grant dennison pre-flop shoving fantasy camp
1: yes that is coming in the summer of 2019
0: yeah i'm really excited about
1: pre-registration that. is open it's a hundred dollar deposit yeah the total price will be 1400 dollars per person yeah um if you're over six foot three it's 1500
0: that seems i mean yeah I mean, just because of you know they gravity have to make gravity also the doors yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> to make bigger doors no no you. of
1: course i'm talking about nitrogen sports poker room of course you are <laughs> <laughs> so a place you can practice your your pre your preflop shoving ranges <laughs> is uh, in the tournaments that we run on nitrogen sports poker room Oh, at the classy. end of every month or the beginning sometimes of the next month about once a month we run a tournament on nitrogen you have to use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up if you want access to that tournament but it is a very cheap tournament with a very big overlay and we play it it's very
0: likely that if you're hearing this podcast that we're doing one of these in about two days on saturday february 3rd right um so there's a chance this you're listening to this and it's past that but most of the, i'm pretty sure we're releasing this on thursday two days before that you should get in on this it costs one tenth of a millibit there's gonna be 100 millibits in the prize pool that's crazy it's gonna be a massive overlay use the link in the description when you sign up
1: right if you're six foot three it is a little bit more to to buy in six foot three now or or higher
0: oh, okay yeah Okay. Just, you're six, I thought you were saying exactly six
1: foot here's three. Here's the great thing, though. Like, if you're six foot nine, it's not like extra versus if you're six foot five.
0: That is really nice.
1: I, we might have to adjust that in the future if we get a lot of I mean, of, no like, promises, tall people. people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you guys understand.
0: Do you know how many um seven-footers there are? Seven foot... Let me say it. Let me be more specific. Seven... I'm thinking about for the NBA, for example. Like, this how is many? something
1: I've told you. I remember. Oh, well, yeah. let's
0: move on then. And I,
1: I do know. but don't you the tell audience, everyone? The audience needs to know.
0: Go ahead. You go ahead. How many seven-foot... Uh, men there are between the ages of like 20 and 40 in the United States, right?
1: Oh, that's not the one. Uh, what mine, was yours? Mine is the world.
0: Oh, okay. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's what I was even thinking of. Yeah. Cause the answer is like, there's like 70 of them or something, right?
1: Oh yeah. That's not what I was, that wasn't the stat I was coming up with. Oh, at, well, though. what were you going to say? Um,
0: that they all, they all go crazy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> at one point, I don't know when it's probably similar now. Um, of all of the known seven foot tall men or taller in the world, 17% of them either were in the NBA or had been in the NBA.
0: Oh, okay. So so that's pretty similar, actually, if we're saying 70 guys. Yeah. Actually, maybe there's more than 70. Oh, I was saying between the ages of 20 and 40, though. Right. See? Different stats. I yeah. should have gone with my
1: question, but I yeah. got my bad. I Got cowed. Right. My, that's my bad. Yeah. That's, I think that's kind of fascinating. So. It is, actually. If you're tall, you're going to be rich, son. I mean,
0: 17% of you are. Yeah, it's better than, you know, if you're not going to be tall. What's your percentage then? Yeah. Not so good.
1: <laughs> I did meet. Uh, we both met a seven-foot-tall person like he was seven feet yeah he was he told me he, brett i don't remember no not him not him uh maybe you weren't there it was at a party
0: oh it was oh a, i thought you were talking about the basketball oh no the uh at no the, not, not brett okay uh he's like that, six, guy, that guy's he, tall he's like six ten. okay
1: the seven footer i'm thinking of i met at a party at uh our friend's house in our friend kelsey's house i don't know uh anyway
0: no, this is yeah let's move on <laughs>
1: let's let's move on but he hadn't been in the nba so i guess he was in the 83 percent. i mean how old was he he was probably thirty five. So he still had a chance. I mean work on the hook shot, kid. <laughs> okay, anyway. Back to poker. Yeah. Well, wow, that was fun. That was like a sport NATO discussion. Uh Sport NATO. How I miss thee. Someday, maybe. All right. So Queen Jack off for Kaverman in the big blind. He's got about thirty blinds left.
0: I wonder what the flop is. It's like a half hour into the show. We've yet to get to the flop. It's, like, it's uh, Well, it's
1: just like one street of tanking for Caverman. It's not that bad. That's true. Yeah, that's
0: true. We're just trying to give people. It's like uh, when you watch the movie Memento and you experience it as the yeah as the you know the lead experiences it. This is the way Brian Caverman experiences it. Yeah, or actually, this is the way everyone else experiences. We're actually Byron doing Kaverman this playing. breakdown
1: in real time. Caverman <laughs> <laughs> hasn't called yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's yeah, it's quite good.
1: All right, so Caverman calls the queen jack off. We got o'dwyer on the button with six five of hearts. The flop is good for O'Dwyer. It's a rainbow two, four, eight flop. So he's got a double gutter.
0: Yes. Also good because Caverman has nothing and no back doors. Actually, I guess he has the one back door if nine, ten comes.
1: But right. That's it. Yeah. That, that's a pretty unlikely back door. Uh, yeah. So deuce four, eight, rainbow. Caverman checks. That seems pretty normal. Yeah. O'Dwyer bets. That seems pretty normal. I mean, you could
0: check. You would think this hand would be over most of the time. You would. This hand's usually over.
1: And you would think if it wasn't over, Kaverman was going to raise. Yeah. Right? Like, because
0: what else are going to do? Because he has queen high. Queen high with one back door. He does have the queen of clubs or the jack of clubs. and There's a club out there. Um, he's got the jack of clubs. <laughs> club club. He can rep the clubs because he has one blocker. <laughs> he has the jack <laughs> blocker. <laughs> that's yeah, all he got, man.
1: That's a great point. <laughs> yeah.
0: But if you guys haven't figured it out, since he's not going to fold, he's not going to raise, it means Kaverman's going to find a call here.
1: Which I think is super cool. This is something we talk about on the podcast with some frequency that yeah. when you check raise, especially on a board like this, which is relatively dry, you really, really narrow your value range. Mm-hmm. And a good player is going to be like, what the hell? You have a set. You have two pair. You have nothing.
0: Like, right. I mean, you're basically saying you have two pair. Or yeah. better. And this is because you can't have a straight. You can't have really anything else. Yeah, that's it. So and, and they're going to look at the board and say, well, you can also have straight draws. There's a bunch of gut shots. You could just be taking a shot because this board is looks is range better for you, It's better for your range than for my range, et cetera, et cetera.
1: I mean, yeah, I think I think against a good player, this is a horrible candidate for a check raise board because Caverman's gonna probably three bet two eights, right? Trying to get it, get him in preflop, I would guess. Um yeah, I think right. so. So he's got he's got sets of four sets of deuces. Eight four suited. And eight four suited eight maybe. four offsuit. Probably. Yeah. Uh, probably. I don't know for sure about eight four off Four deuce? Four deuce suited, maybe. Yeah. Maybe maybe four deuce offsuit. It's real. What? Maybe. Either way, we don't come to that many combos of value that no. are really possible here.
0: I mean, as we as we know, Odwyer has the perfect hand to get check raise. He's sort of hoping for a check raise so he can shove it down Caverman's throat. Yeah, be like, if you call, you call. Sometimes I get there, but you're gonna have to fold a lot, right? If you're, right. anytime you're not, anytime you're you don't have very strong value, you're just gonna fold,
1: right? And Caverman recognizes that, and but he also decided he doesn't want to give up on this hand yet.
0: I mean, I think what's going on is, yeah, Kaverman, sort of to what you're saying, is he knows that if he check raises, he's representing a very thin strip of value. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't want to do that. He wants to represent a much more believable range of value. So he calls. Now he can have an eight. He can have a four. He can have a... I can't really have a gutter. He can have a double gutter, I guess. He can't really just have a gutter. He can have a deuce. He can have a deuce for sure. He can have ace high. Yeah, he can have things where he also. There's a tiny chance Queen High is the best hand, but it's going to be very hard to realize that equity as Queen High.
1: Right, he's not just going to go call, call, call with Queen High. He has a plan. No, he would need O'Dwyer
0: to completely shut down and right. have a worse hand, which it's possible, but it's unlikely. O'Dwyer's not a guy who's often going to shut down if he's got if he doesn't have Queen Jack beat.
1: Right, right. So Kaverman, I mean, he could also spike a card, which would be nice. But, sure, but the majority of his plan must be okay. I'm going to rep something later. How much does O'Dwyer bet? Uh, same as preflop, 125 okay. into 260.
0: Yeah. So this is clearly not standard, but Kahneman, I think, is intentionally playing not standard here to mess with O'Dwyer's head a little bit.
1: Yeah, and of course, everything that these two guys do against each other has so many impacts on the remainder of their match and, and also on their future playing against each other, which there will be a lot of. Yeah. So a lot of this stuff is not... In a vacuum. They're, they're setting up future things.
0: And to be clear, they know this is going to be shown. They're going to see all these hands. So when Caverman does this, even if he never gets a showdown with O'Dwyer, O'Dwyer going to know that he called with Queen Jack and it's going to make it harder to play against him in the future or yeah. easier actually. But he's gonna, it's going to change the way he ranges him in the future. And Caverman knows this as well. So it has all these cool meta effects. Yeah. Even without getting a showdown, which is pretty sweet.
1: It is pretty cool. All right. So Caverman calls. He is ahead with Queen High, by the way. Yeah. Pot's now 510,000. Turn is a bingo for Caverman. Now, now he gets to go the easy route instead of the hard route. He hits a jack. It's a jack of spades. This is a
0: pretty good card.
1: Yeah, he's like, oh, cool. Now I don't have to like, do this whole complicated thing. I can just you know kind of hang on. Yeah. It's great. Uh, the jack of spades does bring a second spade. So mm-hmm. there is a spade draw possible now. Clearly, either of these guys could have a spade draw You know, based on their holdings.
0: Yes, that's right. Probably uh, O'Dwyer has more spades. Right, because Caverman had to call with something. Yeah, that well, Dwyer just could spades. have any
1: two cards that are spades. Right,
0: right, because he just continued, and mm. now he picked up a spade draw, yeah.
1: Right, but obviously this is a, a great card for Kaverman.
0: Amazing card.
1: He decides to check. Uh, Seems right to me. Yeah, I don't really envision any other option being good.
0: Nope. Oh, Dwyer is often going to think, let's say Dwyer has an eight. Yeah. He might bet that for value on the turn, because how is the jack supposed to help Caverman? I
1: think it would be, I think it would be minus ev not to bet an eight for value on the turn when your head's up
0: in the spot yeah. yeah you bet an eight and you're probably not gonna fold unless you have a really good reason like right like a cavern check raises i don't know what you'd do right oh gonna you might, you might fold if he check raises
1: O'Dwyer'll bet an eight he'll definitely bet nines or tens because he doesn't block an eight the cavern could have
0: mm-hmm. yeah that jack is just not scary what are you losing to jack eight exactly i mean
1: jack four suited okay yeah
0: maybe maybe jack do suited but yeah. there's just very little right and maybe he knows Caverman well enough to know that if Kaverman check raises here, he can just fold if he has an eight.
1: Yeah, probably not ace jack. Kaverman probably would have three bet ace jack.
0: With 30 some odd blinds yeah. heads up. Yeah, he's just he'd be happy to get willing it to in. get it in. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So yeah, it's a pretty safe card if you have an eight if you're O'Dwyer. And it's also a pretty safe card to continue betting if you're O'Dwyer. You assume some decent fold equity because it's, as you said, very hard for that jack to have improved Kaverman.
0: But it could have absolutely improved O'Dwyer. It's sort of weird. Yeah. It's almost like their hands are supposed to be opposite, right? Absolutely. O'Dwyer yeah. is supposed to continue with nothing. Caverman calls with something. Oh, Caverman checks, and now O'Dwyer's like, oh, cool. I picked up top pair. I get to continue yeah, again. Yeah, O'Dwyer
1: is supposed to have Queen Jack, and Kaverman is supposed to have the double gutter here. Yeah,
0: but that's not what happens. No. It's cool.
1: Yeah. So O'Dwyer decides to continue, and I think that is a very reasonable decision considering how he has such a range advantage at this point.
0: Absolutely. That Jack is great. As we're saying for him, he does have equity. He can potentially fold out ace high. He can fold out a deuce. He might be able to fold out a four. He doesn't probably expect he's going to fold out an eight here on the turn, but he also based on stack sizes, if he sizes this right, he can set up a shove on the river.
1: Yep. And that's what he does. He bets us 320,000 into Mm -hmm. 510. Yeah. Uh, Kaverman, can't really do anything but call, right? I mean, I guess he could move. He's got a pot behind. He could he could move in, but it's hard to get called. It's hard to get called by worse, at least. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously,
0: better is always calling, always. If Steve O'Dorei is Jack-10, you're going to get called, but you're often going to get it on the river anyway, right? Well, we depends what in, the river is.
1: Moving accomplishes pricing out the spade draws, I suppose.
0: Okay. I mean, there aren't that many spade draws, yeah. though. There's some, but... We just put ourselves in a... It's not a game theory disaster, but it's nearing that Yeah, I think a call, is,
1: a call is certainly the correct play. It, it,
0: this is one of the spots where it just sort of sucks to be out of position, though, where you're like, ugh, he's just going to check back the river so often yeah, when I'm Yeah, you get when to I'm win ahead. a
1: decent-sized pot.
0: Yeah, it's like, okay. Yeah. And once in a while, he'll move in. By the way, when he moves in, how much do you love it anyway, right? I mean, he's going to move in with some bluffs, and he's going to move in sometimes when he's got you, and it's probably about balanced. So is it so great? I don't know. Anyway, we, we cannot fold... And moving in seems like a bad idea because of all the things we said, which I is agree. basically it's what calls us. So I guess we just have to call and figure it out. No problems. Yeah. This is a great spot. We love our hand.
1: Yeah. So Caverman's kind of lucked into being able to play this hand very simply. Yeah. I think I really like the way O'Dwyer has been playing the hand. A lot of people on the turn, I think once they get called with her double gutter on the flop, will check back the turn. So they get to realize their equity. But O'Dwyer recognizes his range advantage and keeps betting.
0: I think any Broadway card is a good card for O'Dwyer to continue on. And And yeah. uh, he does. And I think if it was an eight, a four, a deuce, a five, he has, what, five, six? Yeah. Yeah, if a five or a six, he should probably check. Yeah. But he should probably continue on every other card, except maybe a nine. Yeah, maybe not a nine. Yeah, but I think 10 or better, that's all him.
1: Yeah, I agree. Cool. All right, so we've got 1.15 million in the pot. Caverman's got 1.07 million remaining. So, right. Oliver set this up pretty well.
0: Yep. So we and this is nice too cuz if we make it, we can shove and if we miss it, we can shove. If we hit a 5 or a 6, we can check, right? That's yeah. that's got to be the whole plan.
1: Right. Maybe there are certain cards we don't shove on. Maybe. What would they be? I don't know. Maybe the card that comes would be a candidate actually. Kind of feels like a candidate. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, all right. So I- the, the river is the card, I think, of the, the possible cards. It's the card. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, I guess it's the card. I guess it is. I was going to argue for the four spades, but it's not as good.
1: It's the eight of spades. Yeah, that's the card. So it pairs the eight, which was the top card on the flop, and it brings in the backdoor flush draw.
0: Yep. It's sort of a really bad card for both players, actually. Both right. players are like, oh wow, the other guy may have really ha- may really have a very strong hand now.
1: Yeah, trips and flushes are now a big part of both players' ranges. And no one
0: could ever, I mean, Caverman isn't you know isn't looking to get the other guy to fold anyway. He would never be bluffing with his hand. He's got top pair and a reasonable kicker. But in both cases, you're as Caverman, you may start to worry about like, uh, like what am I supposed to do here? Like it's if if O'Dwyer has an eight, he's going to move me in. Yeah, If Dwyer has a flush, he's going to move me in. If he has a better jack, he's going to move me in. If he has a worse jack, he's probably not. Actually, if he has a better jack, he may not move me in. I should take that back. If he has King Jack, he probably checks us back when the eight of spades comes because it's such a brutal card. What
1: well, are you supposed to get called by? If Caverman had an eight or a flush here, let's put ourselves yeah. in Caverman's shoes for a second, do you think it would be a good idea to shove any some of the time?
0: I would guess probably it's not a good idea to shove trip eights, but it may be a good idea to shove a sp- spades.
1: Because O'Dwyer can have trip eights?
0: Yes. Like we leave value for that. That sort of has to call us. But if we shove trip eights, we block trip eights. If, even if we have Ace-8, we block trip eights, and all the spades are still out there. All
1: right. That's not exactly to my point. And oh, if, okay. And the reason being, O'Dwyer is probably going to shove trip eights anyway if we have a flush. So we don't necessarily like we're not shoving the flush for the value of getting called by trip eights. We're Mm going to get that value anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, The reason would be because it's such a death card that O'Dwyer might check back two aces, hands like that.
0: I mean, he may fold two aces if we shove, but I mean, don't, but don't we need to have some hands though that we shove for value? Even if we're going to donk shove, I think we need to have some of them have to be good. So those would be the, I'm saying we'd pick the flushes, not the trip eights.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's reasonable. Yeah. I agree with
0: that. Okay. Maybe not all the flushes, but some of the flushes. But do we, do we have a
1: donk shoving range here? Do we want to do that with our value?
0: I think we need to have a donk shoving range here because so often, so often, O'Dwyer's going to check back. If okay. O'Dwyer has ace-jack, he's just going to check back, right?
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think he's probably going to feel like he has to check back. That's such a bad card.
1: Do you think he, he probably checks back two aces also. Yeah. It's not really any
0: different than ace-jack. It's not. It's not. You figure you're going to fold out a four. And he's not supposed to Caverman's uh, not supposed to have a jack, so all the other stuff is flushes and eights. Yeah. So that's bad. So yeah, you're gonna check back aces. Now you're probably gonna fold aces, honestly. Yeah if Caverman shoves. Yeah. So that becomes problematic from, from our what are we trying to get called by when we when we donk. I guess this this goes back to I mean, you're right, if he's got trip eights, we're getting in it either way. So yeah. it doesn't really matter. I don't know if we can the next best thing we can get it in with him, no matter how we play it. But at least we give ourselves a chance to with aces. Yeah. There's the other side of it, of course, which is we do want to give him an opportunity to bluff. Right. But that's why we're not going to shove all our flushes and we're not going to shove our trip eights.
1: Right. Because Udwyer could have a hand like five, six of hearts. Yeah. Which obviously will not call a shove, but mm-hmm. might bluff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. But Kaverman isn't in that spot. Obviously, he has like a very medium strength hand for this board. Where yes. There's really nothing to do but check. It would seem strange
0: to do anything else. If you were to bet very small, perhaps you could get called by Jack 10, but boy, that is a thin range to target. I don't really
1: think we should be doing that.
0: I agree. I think we should check, and it's fine if it, if he checks back. We're actually happy if he checks back. We don't have
1: to have a tough decision. I would love him to check back on this yeah, card.
0: We just get, like we often win if he checks back, if he moves in, if he bets, I guess if he bets or if he moves in, we have a really tough spot, and you know we're probably going to have to call, but it's not fun, and we lose a lot, you know?
1: Yep. Now, the reason I asked that question about Caverman donk shoving is because I'm trying to think of it from O'Dwyer's perspective now. Yeah. I think O'Dwyer, in order to do what he does, has to think that Kaverman has a donk shoving range. At therefore, least a donk betting range. Yeah, therefore eliminating some of Kaverman's super strong value. Right. Because this card seems clearly to be a range advantage card for Caverman over O'Dwyer, to me.
0: I agree. So, Although O'Dwyer has more spades... Caverman has more eights. Yeah. That seems that seems pretty. It's clear. just like
1: but the the spades O'Dwyer has are kind of random by the turn, whereas it's like so clear that Caverman would play an eight this way the whole time.
0: Yes. He a hundred percent would play an eight just like this. Yeah. And honestly, an eight is the kind of card you would often check and not bet. Right. Because you wanna because you you know, you wanna give the bluffs more of a chance and you block trip eights yourself. So I, I like the idea of checking that.
1: So O'Dwyer moves in. Yeah. I'm, you know, as we've gone through, this, I've kind of been thinking, like, I don't know if I love this. I don't know if I like this play that much. It's,
0: he, like, it goes back to what you're saying. He must believe sometimes he can just eliminate some of the strength. Yeah. He must believe that. But otherwise, it seems like a really bad card to do
1: this. Right. Though. Like, I understand him setting up a shove for the river for good cards for him to shove. This but is not a good card. I feel card. like this is maybe the worst card for him to shove.
0: I mean, you could, I think a spade you could shove. Any spades you yeah. could
1: shove. Maybe maybe a non spade eight is the worst card for you to shove. Yes, I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. But
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're Steve O'Dwyer, you're sitting there, you're thinking, what are his most likely holdings? Well, an eight is the first thing that would pop to mind, right?
1: I think like an eight and a four are the two most likely holdings. I'm
0: saying by the time after we've after we've just bet and he's called on the turn, an eight is more likely. He's than probably a four. holding on with a four. He probably is, but an 8 is he's definitely holding on with an 8 right? i think
1: he's definitely holding on with a
0: 4 i mean this is why originally i was saying the i was going to make a case for the four space being just as bad right, right. um maybe it is eh, you know you're beating a few more things with with an 8 than a 4 right
1: yeah you yeah so it's i think caverman's the way the sizing went in this hand i think he's i don't think he's ever folding a four yeah, in the you're turn you're probably
0: right you're probably right uh hmm okay other things caverman could have then what we're saying, he could also, I mean, obviously he could have backed, he could have backed his way into the, the nut flush or something like that. If he had like ace, ace three of spades, yeah, something ace like five that. of spades. Um, but that's, that's about it.
1: But that might be in the donking range if we assume a donking range. Yes. Him or may, it may, he may only be donking
0: full houses, by the way.
1: Yeah, that's true. Him having fours in his range, by the way, and I think pretty solidly all of the fours is good for O'Dwyer's shove. It makes the shove a little bit better because we're going to yeah. fold out the fours pretty frequently.
0: I mean, you're sitting there as O'Dwyer, you think he's either got an eight or a four, right? Most of the time. That's about it. Or a, or a baby pocket pair. Or Maybe. an ace high, which he's, which he's super stubborn with. Yeah. That's it.
1: Or, th- or three five, which I'm beating anyway.
0: Yeah. But, That'd be pretty awesome to have, yeah. for him to have three five and just you check it back and like get up all ball in his face with the six high yeah, throw it like down start super hard at him, yeah
1: slap him in the face a little bit who are you who nobody are you? you're nobody <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm going to start calling you Arya stark cuz you're no one <laughs> so um
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: a good one thanks <laughs> so anyway um so what do you ultimately think this is a questionable of- move in i
1: think it is questionable i think it is cuz i think like, we don't, if we knew he had a jack, it's great. Cause, like, obviously, Caverman in this moment hates this spot. I don't know if it's great if we know he has a jack. I mean,
0: it's great because, though, it's a scary card if we know he has a jack. But it's yes. not great because he still has top pair and he's got less than a pot size bet left. It's not amazing. He's not definitely going to fold if, you know, we move in and he's got a jack. He's not right? definitely
1: going to fold, no. But to O'Dwyer's credit, we were saying on the turn, we believe O'Dwyer would bet an eight on the turn. Yes. So he he yes. does have trips in his range.
0: No quite He's got trips and the flush in his range for sure. Okay, so those are good things
1: about this shove.
0: The problem is that Caverman has more eights in his range. Yes. He has less spades and more eights. Yeah. Hmm. It's weird. Yeah, it is. It's a weird spot. Caverman um, would absolutely play an eight like this
1: all the way. Yes, he would.
0: All the way. And we don't block anything except straight draws, which we don't want to be blocking. No, we don't. So we're just sort of taking a shot and hoping hoping it works. We're
1: hoping he has ace high or a four. Yeah. Mostly.
0: Yeah. I guess we could say, well, now that the eight is paired, there's more combos with fours in them. Yep. We could say that, but you could always say that anytime anything pairs. And I mean, I think after the turn, Cavern has slightly more eights than fours. Not a lot more, but slightly more. That's it.
1: I think O'Dwyer is kind of lucky that Kaverman has this part of his range, even the Jack, like the Jack's in a bad spot here.
0: The Jack, I mean, you certainly have full equity against the Jack. Like yeah. a Jack doesn't know what to do. Um, an eight knows what to do A flesh knows what to do. A four knows what to do. A Jack is the only thing that doesn't know what to do. Really. I
1: think a Jack knows what to do. I think a Jack has to fold. Well, let's talk about it. I think we've already, at least I think in my mind, we've already said why, which is O'Dwyer clearly has all of the strong value in his range. He has full houses. He's uncapped. You could have jacks full. You could have quad eights. He has, he I has think, all the trip eights. He would definitely play trip eights like this.
0: I think what happens a lot, too, with these players is they often don't continue on the turn unless they pick up equity or have a very high equity hand. You know what I mean? Yeah. So O'Dwyer, with his double gutter, sees that as having a sort of a perfect semi-bluffing hand on right. the turn, uh, or a reasonable semi-bluffing hand on the turn, semi-bluffing hand on the turn anyway. Um, but, like, if O'Dwyer had complete air, he's often not going to bet the turn. Caverman right. knows this. So yeah. so now he's like, well, the guy absolutely has trip baits. And if he picked up a spade draw on the turn, he would continue. Right. And he might have checked back if he didn't pick up a spade draw. So I can eliminate a bunch of the air because that's not how the good players play. Or, like, most of the good players, most of them do not continue on yeah. the turn. They give up. Yeah,
1: pretty that's quickly. a good point.
0: So. You know, because otherwise they're just continuing too much. They just, they just bet right. the turn too much. So this is a way to stop, basically. It's either you have something reasonable, you have a good semi-bluffing hand, or you pick up equity.
1: Right, and the only semi-bluffing hands that really make sense are it's maybe 5-6 is the only one of not spades that didn't get there. 3-5. Or 9-10. Nine, 9-10, ten. Nine, ten.
0: Yeah, yeah, nine ten. That's pretty good. I guess um, queen 9 in theory. Something like that, Queen Ten, Queen Nine. He picks I up a gutter. I don't think the he's gu- probably going to check that. Back. I'm going
1: with double gutters and yeah. pick,
0: like double I gutters and right. open
1: enders. So that's 48 total combos of draws that miss that Odwyer may have continued the turn with, which is a decent amount. But there's more combos of spades than that alone.
0: Probably. Also, he's probably not continuing with all those combos of on the turn, even right. if he picks up equity. Sometimes he'll
1: check that back. Well, then he's also checking back spades sometimes. That's true. You're right. You're right. So it's probably about similar. Yeah, but he's probably always betting an eight on the turn. Yeah, I
0: think, I think pretty much he's good enough to do that. Yeah. Because that jack looks good for him, too. So, like, Kaverman really can't check-raise without either. He's just going for it. He's got two pair. He's not going to so check-raise with this. I think Kaverman
1: kind of has to fold here.
0: Yeah. I be, think you're right.
1: Because he has the jack. Mm. If he had, I mean, and that's why I said I think O'Dwyer's a little bit lucky because Kaverman clearly has spades and eights in his range, especially eights.
0: Yeah. Um the only way you can call us caverman is if you see O'Dwyer make a lot of big triple barrel plays yeah. or just a lot of big river bluffs. Um we did a a poker time, our first poker time sit and go like 2 days ago, which we f- will
1: be coming out in February.
0: Yes, first week of February. Yeah. Um so we're really excited about that. It's a fun fun thing like we filmed the whole thing. And one of the players and it started moving in a lot in, on scary boards late yeah. in the tournament. And so you were you were able you were doing one part of the thing where you were you could see all the cards and uh-huh. I was doing another part where I couldn't. So I ne- I don't know what he has yet, right? And so but I was I was thinking about it. I was like, I guess at some point you just have to you're just going to have to call that guy. Like yeah. you can't you can't let him keep doing that to you. Like it doesn't matter I understand the board's scary. I know there's four to a straight out there, but like he does it kind of every time in that spot. You cannot let him do that every time. He just always gets to win that pot. Like that doesn't seem doesn't seem possible. Yeah. right. So So I was really, so I'm really excited to see when the cards are up, if he, how often he had it, you know, I'm really curious. I'll never tell. You don't have to, I'm going to find out like next week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, uh, but anyway, but it's sort of a similar, so like, so it really depends on what we've seen O'Dwyer do and what we know about him. But I'm assuming based on Caverman finding a fold, which he does, he does fold. Um, and also just based on what we know about Steve O'Dwyer, that Steve O'Dwyer is pretty freaking balanced here. Yes. And so that isn't going to be enough. We're not going to have enough information to know anything.
1: He just puts himself in a bit of a spooky spot on that card to move in. Yeah. I mean, this is probably a bad move in. Probably. It's probably bad because we're only trying to fold out of four. Yeah. And uh, to, to Odwire's credit, after the hand, he shows the hand yeah. to Kaverman. He shows the six high. And he says to him, and this is a bit of a needle about Kaverman's tanking, but also probably true. Apparently, Kaverman had used up all of his time banks. This mm. was like a shot clock thing. And O'Dwyer said, if you had some of those time banks, I probably would have just checked it back.
0: Do you think it's possible O'Dwyer thinks he can get Kaverman off an eight?
1: I don't think in so. There? I don't think so. It seems crazy, right?
0: Calverman's just going to be like, I just have to call. Yeah, you just I have block, to. I block so many things. I know he can have full houses. I know he can have flushes, but I have to call. I, got, I don't think is folding an eight. My, my hand is way too strong, and I have less than a pot size belt left. Like This is this hand is made to call with. Yeah, It's like a perfect made-to-call with hand, even though I, I, I check call, and sometimes I lose. It's yeah. fine, yeah.
1: Yeah, but I think O'Dwyer's telling the truth when he says, if you had some more time banks, I might not have done that because Kaverman is very good, but a lot of the time he makes these very good decisions after taking a ton of time to think it through. Yeah. And O'Dwyer knows this might be a bit of a suspect move-in based on range advantage. And uh, he thinks if Kaverman had more time to think about it, he might be able to call with anything showdownable.
0: I wonder if even it gets, it's more extreme than that. And like O'Dwyer only has like 30 seconds to act also. Right. So he's like, okay, well, I got six high. He's got a pot size bet left. I've set this up for a shove. I'm just going to shove. It's going to be tough for him. And then yeah. and then as Caverman's tanking, you are like uh-oh this is not a good card for me to really shove yeah. on. I mean, he probably knows that right away. He's yeah. the Dwyer, But, you know, but maybe he sort of like realizes the the depth of the problem. But right. then Caverman doesn't really have enough time to go to get all the way there either. Right. And so he just feels like he has to fold. Yeah. He's like, "Woo." these time these shot clocks are tough you know <laughs> i'm just making all that up but it's fun yeah it a little backstory fun. it's like and, fan fiction
1: and even though that was just a raise bet bet shove hand i found it pretty fascinating between yeah. these two guys who really know what they're doing
0: i mean it's interesting right if this was uh, joe jimmy and billy bob we'd probably find lots of problems with this we're like what is billy bob doing calling with queen jack on the flop yeah. what is joe jimmy doing shoving that river nobody's named joe jimmy nobody you know Look it up in fricking Hendon Mob, buddy. That guy's got... Joe Jimmy. He's the number four all-time money winner in Alabama. Oh, cool. Yeah, Joe Jimmy. Jimmy Joe. It's Jimmy Joe. I'm sorry. That's better. Yeah.
1: Jimmy Joe and Billy Bob? I mean, it's hard to remember
0: (laughs) what anyone's (laughs) names are. So anyway, um, yeah. So in some ways, it seems like, gosh, these guys are making amateur plays, but they're not, right? They're making mostly well, although we're not sure about that shove on the river mostly high level plays yeah. and they're doing it they know who their opponents are and they're really thinking this out which is great yeah cool
1: hand cool hand all right we're done sunlight. music is my sunlight and all i need is one mic not gonna show every single mc how it's done right every time i come by i'm bound to leave them tongue i'm sipping on liquor or quitter is what i'm not we got one life and i took a on a break but i'm back to claim
0: the throne and go gonna be traveling the glow we still have time to make